millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 25, Time. Time! Most succinct title ever. Yeah, well, you know, it's the new year. We got to think about the future, the past, and time passing, so... Everything's a flat circle. Everything comes back. Yep. It's there's just there's great shit. In this Time episode, is y'all. nonlinear. Blah blah blah. Doctor Who joke insert uh, here. Yeah, it's uh, it is it's bigger on the inside and outside. I don't know. Yeah, that Lumpy. sounds right. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so what are we drinking? Champagne. Yes. Not Break. my favorite beverage, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I'm not really into the bubbly, but in this case, I'm I'm down for drinking champagne out of mason jars, which is my only available vessel. You gotta pop the cork on this bad boy. Start the new year right. I like it. Well, in that spirit, we would love to welcome our newest patrons, Alexa Finley and Catherine Kay. And like, hey guys, if you're resolving to support art and culture that you love this year in 2017, why don't you pledge a couple bucks to us on Patreon? You get access to exclusive photos, audio extras, show notes, recipe cards, more, and you know, the knowledge that you're helping us bring you those good, good mythology goofs every other week. I do love a good, good mythology goof. We really do. Uh, And we love seeing you guys shout out to us on Twitter and Facebook, and thank you for sharing us with your friends and family. That You're is the, the best. best way to grow the show, and especially this week, we'd love to just give some props to Angie Doe-Eyed Dragon and friend of the show Jeffrey Niels Gardner for doing so this week. And also, we'd love to thank our supporting producer-level patrons on Patreon, Leanne Davis, Shannon Alford, and Phil Fresh. Thank you guys. Guys, if you haven't been listening to Our Fair City, you fucking should be, because I it's know. amazing. I've also caught up on Wolf 359. God. Um, so good. Also, huge shout out to Joel, who made us the most gorgeous fan art of us. I want to make it my profile picture in real life so that instead of me, people see this image of me. It's, it's so cool. So good. Um, if you haven't seen it, head over to our Twitter and our Facebook at Spirits Podcast and you can see the amazing gorgeousness. Yes, uh, the Spirits t-shirts that oh, we are God, wearing so in cool. the fan. Oh my God, The little so like good. skull necklaces and I know, stuff. It's I know. The our beers are clinking, like our shoes are on point. It's oh my so God, good. I can't, I can't. I love it. Um, so thank you again, Joe. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And now, without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 25, Time. Time. So I've been thinking a lot about stories that I like in uh, media, and I was particularly thinking about, I was re-listening to The Thrilling Adventure Hour, which just had its 
last episode for a very long time. R.I.P. And I was thinking about my favorite episode, which is called Time Waits for Norman. Hmm. And it's a it's a New Year's episode, which is kind of why I was listening to it, because I love New Year's and I like New Year's stories, which there's not a lot of them, yeah. but they're always time related and it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Right, like like a capsule episode or a Groundhog Day type thing or a parallel universe. I, I love right. those as well. Um, but I was thinking about this episode. Uh, if you don't listen to Thrilling Adventure Hour, they do a uh, series called Beyond Belief. Mm-hmm. which is about uh, two drunk, like, high society mediums. Yes. And they're fantastic, and they deal with supernatural stuff. Oh, wait, they're so, mediums? You didn't know that? No. That's why they deal with supernatural stuff. I like, literally only, I thought, I, thought, I thought just the concept was them getting drunk in their night's apartment, which, like, is pretty pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, but, that's yeah, not, not yeah. bad. Uh, Amanda and I saw the live show a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, John Hamm was in it. It was, it was good. John Hamm, he's so pretty in person, guys. Yeah, he's really fair. He's really, really cute. Um, anyway, so sorry, we're getting off track already. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the show is called time waits for Norman. It's really interesting. It's a new year's episode. I don't want to spoil the twist, but it's all about like reliving the new year. Interesting. We'll and link it's to very cool. That's for y'all. Um, and so I was thinking about what other New Year's media that I really like. And it's an older image, but I always remember that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie. Okay. Um, it, the message of which is that capitalism, uh, you know, like like No, no, liability. okay. It's not that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's one of those spin-off ones of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh. Um, and it's basically Father Time tasks Rudolph to have to rescue the baby New Year from something called the archipelago of last year's. Oh my god. And I love this movie. All the islands are like different periods in time. Oh my god. So there's a uh, prehistoric one with a caveman. There's a one that's the medieval period with knights. Good there's Lord. one that's 1776 and <laughs> They just celebrate 4th of July every single day. Um, the shot heard around the world was so momentous that it made itself its own era of time. Pretty much. <laughs> like we go from caveman to medieval, which are, both of which are, you know, centuries long to mm-hmm. just 1776. Yeah. I mean, we're very, we're very uh, centric. Now that was a good TV show. Let me tell you. It's, which was? 1776? Or what the was movie? it called? No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, My favorite drunk not, watching movie, not 1776. Children, revolu- not revolution children. Oh, the Liberty Kids. Liberty Kids. That was that good. was so good. That was an excellent, excellent show. Oh God. Okay, but anyway, going back to this Rudolph movie, you have to you have to yank me back into the present. I do. I know. I do. Yes. So. The Rudolph movie sticks out to me because it is my oldest and it's one of those like dumb stop action uh, movies like Claymation. Yeah. Um, but it's the first memory I have of this concept of father time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of is interesting to me because father time is supposed to be this representation uh, representation of the full year. And then he's replaced by baby new year who then becomes the new father time and so on and so forth. Is that real? Yeah, that's like a thing. <gasps> that's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's used a lot in, um, like the representation is used a lot in uh, political comics and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So it's the reverse Benjamin Button. It's what we're saying <laughs> to bring back a, a previous scoop. The reverse Benjamin Button <laughs> is just normal human beings. Yes, that's how I refer to aging. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but no, but I mean, is it the same? Does the, does the father time get de-aged to a baby and then just live out his life no, again? No, no, no. Or it's different? It's a different baby. 
It's like it's like the movie The Santa Claus, where it's a new Santa Claus. <laughs> but that that seems like a like a horrifying accelerated death. Like then they just die and sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really grim. Well, I mean, no one ever shows Father Time dying, but just right. it's just implied by his shuffle off into the like right hand margin of the page. Therefore, death. We're we're off topic already. Uh, okay. So I want to talk about representations of time in mythology in storytelling love it so we're gonna start with father time because that's the one that like immediately comes to mind for me yeah so father time as we know him has that particular look can you describe father time to me at all just a a wizened old man with a with a robe and a cane okay yeah elderly bearded man sometimes he has wings which is weird interesting um he's usually dressed in a robe and he's carrying either a scythe or an hourglass or some other timekeeping device. Oh, okay. And like the, I, I'm seeing now like the old timey like stocking cap. Yes. Type thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interestingly. Like, like the grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but less horrifying. Yes. Yeah. I guess. Do they wear hats in that movie? I think at some point they do wear nightcaps. Okay. That's yes. fine. Um, so interestingly, the look that we have for Father Time comes from two different sources. The Grim Reaper. Hmm. And the Greek god Kronos. So Kronos should not be confused with the Greek titan Cronus. Those sound confusingly similar. They are, and they're spelled confusingly similar, but it's fine. So Cronus, you might remember as the Greek titan who gave birth to like the main Greek gods. So oh, I Hera, do. Uh, Zeus, Poseidon. Yeah, it's not incest. It's normal. Yes. Yes. Um, but he's also that's the my one... takeaway from Greek history. Thank you. <laughs> he's also the one who ate all of his children. Yep, that's the one. So Kronos is a titan as well. He never ages, and he's actually the one who supposedly produced the ether, which is the upper air atmosphere, which is different than the air that mortals breathe. Right, it's like elevated in some way. Right. right. And he also produced chaos, which is the gap between the heavens and the earth. Wow, that shit's a lot more literal than I expected. Mm -hmm. I love that. Also, like, pause. Who named these titans two things that were so similar? It's like parents who named their kids, like, George and Georgette, or Paul and Paulette, or Bridget and Brad. I think it's one of those things, too, where one came before the other, mm -hmm. and they adapted one from the original story, and then another, they were just like, eh, he's okay. Kronos also gave birth to Thanos, who is supposed to be the father of the first generation of gods and titans, and also the ultimate creator of the cosmos. Wow, that's a, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't know that name if he's such yeah. an important guy. Well, he's kind of minor because his story takes place way before the story of the main gods that we think mm. of. So before Zeus, before Hera, before Poseidon, before the, Hades. The Hobbit of this situation. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's not even the Hobbit. It's like the, what's the other one? The Similiarin or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I can't pronounce anything for, to save my life. So it's that kind of beforehand story. So obviously Kronos is not the only story of a god or deity that that's associated with time and you guessed it is gonna be a time roundup hey. i want to like put in the music here where the uh it's like basketball games like ah, ah. do you know what i'm nope. talking about nope, nope. I got all right nothing. I got or no like hip-hop songs nope okay just, just moving just on the hype anthem no no yeah hype anthem okay like but not like a wordy hype anthem yeah just yeah, like yeah a, but like mm -hmm. like it's it's roundup time yes time it's roundup time not like no. Anyway. Oh, oh, okay. Not, okay, okay. Not, whatever. Um, so uh, across from Greece, across the Mediterranean, 
uh, our first stop is going to be ancient Egypt, which we haven't talked about enough. I really want to talk more about Not ancient Egypt. No, and, and it's probably the mythological system I know the most about, shockingly, because I took, that is a little I surprising. Took one Egyptology class there when you I was go. young. Um, so the Egyptians had a god and goddess combo named He. Like, kind of the way you would spell a short laugh in a text, like, <laughs> uh, and Hohet. Uh, they represented infinity or eternity, and Hez name in particular means endlessness. Nice. And I like the kind of complementary nature of those two names. Mm-hmm. I see them being, you know, duo. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. It's cute. In depictions, He is shown as a frog-headed god. While Hohet is shown as a snake-headed goddess, which I'm into. I'm into the snake-headed Ooh, goddess. Yeah, more like, snake-headed cool. goddesses, please. Yes, please. That'd be awesome. He, he, is uh, usually shown with a palm stem somewhere on their person. Sometimes it's in their hands or in their hair because the palm stem represents long life in ancient Egyptian culture. You're talking about like a palm frond? Yeah, but it's like the stem of the, the stem palm part. without okay. the leaf. Oh, Huh. And it's that's very specific for the well, yeah. So it's actually this notched palm stem uh, was used in ceremonial timekeeping in temples. So each notch represented oh, a yeah. year. Sure. So a figure of He would usually be found represented on amulets, uh, prestige items, and royal iconography because he represented a long and prosperous rule. Nice. That is cool, right? I love the idea that we're invoking the concept of long lastingness, of mm-hmm. the infinite, of eternity. Uh, in order to like bless this rule. It's not just about prosperity or conquering or, you know, or health and happiness or whatever, but it, it really is about like channeling into the the greater representation of, of longevity, you know, and mm-hmm. applying it to this rule in particular. And I think that works with ancient Egyptian culture too, because yes. the way that their afterlife is set up, it is very continuous. It is very continue fighting the darkness versus the light until the end of time sort of situation. Yeah, you bring your belongings with you, you rejoin your family afterward. Mm -hmm. Like it really is is kind of a, you know, jumping tracks on the record. And we'll talk about it later because the road to the afterlife in ancient Egyptian mythology is really, really long. There's a lot of helping a dude fight a battle, but if they don't win that time and they don't proceed as far, they have to keep doing it over and over again cool. until they get to the action. Like a like the uh the like initial gate tasks in a video game where you have to, mm-hmm. you know, find your running shoes and then your bicycle and then talk to Professor Oak who's like your weird stepdad and like continue <laughs> continue. <laughs> I never on. thought of Professor Oak as my weird stepdad. That's... Oh, I always just assumed that he was banging the mom. Oh, damn. and that's why they live so close to each other and that's I mean, why and that's it's why a small town, Amanda. Like Professor Oak is so excited to let Ash go on the trail he's like great go home go away oh from home God. son i just i just assumed that that was true is that not true i have never thought about that fact check <laughs> our producer's on the line eric. eric is that true no that's definitely not a thing that happens at any point in pokemon <laughs> as far as it, however there is a theory in which ash's mom is in some kind of relationship with the Mr. Mime no, that she ends no, up having. No, the fingers, I see it. The fingers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he gets a nickname like Mimey or something. And also he like wears human clothes from time to time, if I recall correctly. That's true. He goes on a vacation with Ash's mom. And uh, he they're, the two of them are just always together. But yeah, there's nothing to suggest uh, her and Professor Oak are in any kind of relationship but uh possibly her and a pokemon that's Ah! terrifying 
Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that, except this is a video game where there's no checkpoints. So <laughs> imagine like if you don't finish it within a certain amount of hours, it starts you off at the beginning again. The Road to the Afterlife? Yeah. Oh, shit. I have more questions, but I think we should say that for a Yes, we absolutely will. All right. Um, so, leaving Egypt now, we're going to head over to Europe uh, again with the Etruscans. Do you know who the Etruscans are? Uh, the name sounds familiar, and our AP Euro teacher would be very embarrassed if I don't know who they are, but I will hand this over to you. That's okay. So, the when you're thinking about the Etruscans, think of them as, like, pre-Roman culture. So, mainly, they were focused in the north of Italy. They predate Roman mythology and like before the Roman Empire. Cool. OG Romans. Yes, OG Romans. Uh, so the Etruscans had this goddess named Norcia. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she's very pre-ancient, there's not a lot of surviving information about her. Sure. Um, and so we don't know much about her sphere of influence. We just know that it expands into time, fate, destiny, and chance. All the good stuff. Uh, she later got folded into the Roman goddess Fortuna, Uh, But she has this really interesting New Year's ritual that's associated with her. Let's hear it. Um, So Norsh's symbol is the nail. Okay. Which each year her worshippers would go to her temple and drive a nail into the wall. I see where this is going. Uh, So the ritual was said to nail down the fate of each person for that year and was also used as a method in the temple for timekeeping because the Etruscans used this method of calendar keeping that was marked by moving a peg. That is awesome. And do the nails accumulate on the wall or it's a new one every year? It's a new one every year and it's interesting. I think it's like a shifting process. So they like move everything over and then that accumulates the past. I love that. And when you say kind of fixing the fate, does that mean kind of like at any given moment, you know, your life could go in any different direction. Mm -hmm. This is where we like pluck out the the particular future that you could have for this next coming year. Yes, it takes your future, which is sort of a chaotic thing, ever changing. And by doing this ritual, the Etruscans believe that they were solidifying what their fate for that year was going to be. That is so cool. I really like that, honestly. And I like the idea also of just like, Someone who's associated with woodworking and handy craftingness and a female right. goddess who is a handy crafting goddess. Yeah. Uh, as well as being like of time and fortune and chance. Like that's an awesome I know, combo. And, like, and so much here to love too. So the, the sort of like, you know, nebulous, like sands of time run through your fingers. Like time feels to be this, this you know, unending stream or kind of all of these little uh, kind of objects that are impossible to hold in your hand. And so the idea that, that you are doing a really physical ritual that you're, you know, putting something in place that you're saying like, yes, chance exists in the world. You know, yes, I could do any given thing with my life in any given moment, but actually just saying, all right, well for the next year, like this is it, this is the moment, like I've absolved my sins. Like, you know, I've done my best. I've done some reflection and like, and here it is. I can really get behind that. I totally would do that like ritual too. It's really interesting. And I think it's so much better than uh, watching a ball drop and popping champagne and kissing people at the end of the year. So enough about Europe. We're next going to head over to... Spirits podcast. Enough about Europe. Enough about Europe. Fuck Europe. <laughs> Not fuck Not Europe. Fuck I'm Europe. sorry. Ten of our lis- 10% of our listeners live in Europe. Guys, we love you. We love you. You're we awesome. You. We need to talk about other things, though. Okay. Uh, we're going to Asia. We're going to talk about India and one of my favorite goddesses... Kali. Kali. She is an amazing, badass goddess who has so many great stories that we're eventually going to do an entire episode on her, but I want to just touch upon her today. We could for real do an entire podcast, um, you know, with some co-hosts on the mythology of Hinduism because oh, there's it's so, so many Insanely cool. It's really, really interesting. Okay, we're going to do it l- later, I promise. Yeah. Uh, but here's a little taste of her for now. 
Great. Um, Kali is the a goddess. A appetizer. Oh, my God. Whoa! Starting the year off with a pun. Mm. I'm never going to be a dad, Julia, but I'm an honorary dad. These, these terrible jokes. You do those jokes. dad jokes. I do. You do uh, them pretty good. The look of disappointment in your eyes is yep. my favorite thing. I'm glad. I'm so <laughs> glad. Okay. Kali. She is the goddess of time, creation, destruction, and power. Got that duality. So good. So Such good. a good combo. I yes. love it. I would totally draft her for my, like, you know, God uh, fantasy football team. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Which <laughs> is the thing I just made up. I would do it in a heartbeat. That sounds like a great thing. Okay. Um, so Kali's name derives from many words or vice versa. Many mm-hmm. words derive from mm-hmm. her name, uh, including dark, black, the fullness of time, and more specifically, the changing aspect of nature that brings things to life or death. Interesting. Like so, that. yeah, kind of like the ripening and withering, right? Mm-hmm. Like fertility going and coming and rains coming and going. Like, I I love even just extrapolating from that small taste that you gave, mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, there's always potential for greater life and for death in any given moment, yeah. you know? And, like, things are cyclical and uh, love it. Reminds me of that um, Ray Bradbury short story, The Scythe. Mm, you remember that one? I do. Oh, God, I love that story. If you have not read that story, I highly recommend it. We're going to link to it in the show notes. We will. It is great. Um, okay, so her name is also used for the appointed time or time of death, hmm. which, like, the specific time in which someone is supposed to die, wow. just given their... Uh, their path, I guess, is the right word. Oh, for you mean it. it's predetermined? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their appointed time, so that's oh, the time yeah. that they got. That is so euphemistic and terrifying. I love it though. Wait, but when, like, who and when knows this time? Kali or, does. Or it's, oh, oh, I see. So it's kind of like when they reached their life. Oh, it was their appointed time, and like mm-hmm. Kali knew, and right. Oh. That's like the uh, oh well, you know, if God, I don't know, <laughs> God says it's time. Book of life and death. Yeah, yeah. right. All these, all the things that we say. It's kind of the opposite of um, of the previous myth we talked about whose name i've already forgotten uh norcia not the eritreans oh uh, the etruscans the etruscans <laughs> um, that's a book of the bible uh yes the the Etrus- right so with the idea is like your future can be whatever you want except for that you pluck out this next year you know just at the moment mm-hmm. um but kali is like nope i i just got it all um kali's such a badass i love her so much She's just, she just like looks like a cool goddess and she's going to look even cooler when I tell you about this next thing. So she has this form called the Mahakali, which is also known as the Great Kali. And in this form, she's shown to have 10 heads, 10 arms, and 10 legs. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like all over the place. What is the significance? Interestingly, so in this form, she assumes the roles of all the other gods in Hinduism. Wow. So there's like, I think, I believe there's 10. I need to do more research on. There's like hundreds, I think, but the, the major the, ones, the main 10, 10, the main pantheon then, I yeah. guess there's probably a word for it in Hindi. I don't know the word in Hindi. Sorry, y'all. So in this form, she gets all those uh, powers from them because she is considered the mother goddess because she represents the darkness in which all life and creation came out of. Whoa. And it's really interesting in this form, she's holding all of the uh, items that are representative of the other gods yeah i've seen her icon in that form yeah i just never knew like why there's so many arms why she's mm-hmm. holding things well, that's like, why wow isn't that cool man teach me all these tidbits i love it though and but i love that her control over time is because she literally represents the darkness out of which everything was created so kali was there at the beginning yes and she'll be there at the end that's why she's called the destroyer 
That is so, I, I love, you know, I love a good kind of duality example. Yeah. Um, and especially again, like this idea and, and it really is like the more we learn about physics and quantum physics, mm-hmm. like the more these stories make sense in certain ways, I because totally like, agree. you know, time is like the past and the present and the future are all coinciding. Like time isn't the only way that we move through the world. There are just, there are not simply three dimensions, you know, like, like there are all kind of so many, um, more complex ways to understand our world. And it feels as if all of these stories that say, you know, the end is the beginning, like from once we came, we'll all return, um, you know, uh, parallel universes and lives and choices. And uh, it's just, it's all so the, the fact that we keep getting examples um, and like things that point toward these things being physically true in the universe, just blow my mind um, when it comes to like the, the sorts of stories we've been telling for thousands of years. Human beings are so smart. We are so smart. We told these stories to ourselves to explain this concept that we always knew to be true, and now we're proving it with science, and it's incredible. Ah, amazing. Okay, one last story. We are going to swing back to the good old Americas. Home of the brave. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I get really patriotic around I mean, that's all right. You do it. It's it's because of the fireworks. It fucking... That's right, it yeah. is. Yes. I Fireworks make you patriotic and they, cry a little bit. Yeah, they do. Not just because of the ash in your eyes, but also because of the, the, the freedom. Yes. <laughs> also because <laughs> of the freedom. I love it. Uh, so we are going to talk about a deity in the Sioux tradition known as uh, Unpile. Cool. This is an entity, genderless, like no gender, so it's a, they are a they. Mm-hmm. They have two faces, and they represent the spirit of dawn and the passage of the day. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Right. The origin of the day and then the, the fact that it goes yeah. away. So on Pio, each day dances with the spirit of darkness, Han, to ensure that the solar goddess, We, which is represented by the buffalo, does huh. not destroy and burn the earth. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And again, it's kind of the opposite of um, of Maui, who we talked about in, in several episodes ago, where like the one time you know, kind of decided that humanity's day would be X long and that, you know, life would be life and then death would exist and blah, blah, blah. But this is every day, you know, waking up and like making it happen for humanity. Yeah. Thanks so much. To make it, to make sure we don't all burn to death, which I'm into. And I would love to hear more about the buffalo representing what sounds like to be a really like terrible and destructive, but also life-giving power. Yeah. Um, if any listeners are um, Native American or indigenous, we would love to hear from you about your particular, um, you know, myths. I also like the idea of the sun being life-giving and destructive. And I think that's a very human thing because Word. look at, uh, look at Icarus. Indeed. Icarus flew too close to the sun, got his wings all melted up, and then had to drown in the ocean because he couldn't fly anymore. That's what he could do. And and isn't the myth true that like that he was trying to chart a middle course? If he flew too low, he gets stuck in the sea. If he flew too high, he get you know yeah stuck pretty much the sun. But yeah, I mean this this idea that like the thing that allows us to grow and and live yeah exactly like you know pull oxygen out of the world and and sustenance out of the earth. Uh, can also destroy us in a super scary solar flare that could happen at any time. La, it's fine. <laughs> it's also like, it's another example of humans know so much shit, so we tell ourselves yes. stories. We're like, listen, we know the sun is life-giving. Like, if those plants aren't in the sun, they'll die. Yeah. But also... Fire is scary. Yeah. <laughs> God, I just... Human beings are so cool sometimes. Sometimes we are cool, Julia, and I think that's a good... A good attitude to have going into a new year is, you know, true. things happen and you feel, you know, this way and that about whatever's happening in a given moment. But honestly, like it, it really does give me a lot of um, solace 
you know, to think about the fact that our lives are contextualized by so much more than we see every day, you know? And I kind of like the image kind of to finish up this episode of Anpayo, uh, this two-headed being who can look both backwards and forwards. Yeah. Because to me, that's what New Year's is. New Year's is this time where we have to sort of reflect over our past year and look forward to the changes that we can make in the future. Or don't want to make or things that we're happy about, yeah. you know, and things that you want to keep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and Anpayo above, you know, above choosing just the one thing above, you know, one gender and the other, above uh, the kind of time that fixes us here in the moment. I think that's a a really lovely, um, a really lovely myth. Just takes a dance, saves us from burning in our own stupidity. Honestly, and like every day, aren't we, aren't we in a dance with life and death, right? We are. Couldn't death strike us at any moment? Like just, just that idea that, that every moment is hard won. You know, it's we something all, I'm really into. We all have to strive to be like on Pio. We got to strive to keep the balance between the light and the dark and keep Acknowledge it, so, it right? But, yeah. but live anyway. Just keep going. Keep doing what you got to do. Shit, this got really motivational. No, that's what I wanted. Good I want job. this new year to be about the time that we have moving forward. Uh, when we're going to take over podcasting. That was oh, yeah, yeah. 2017. I mean, yeah. 2017. Okay. Good. Yeah. The Year of Spirits podcast. Got Kali with us. Yeah. <laughs> we're in. Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.